Hi there, everyone. Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to talk about Slavkovsky's first goal of that fight by Arbor Jackeye and a whole lot more about this amazing game the Canadians played against the Coyotes. Plus, we've got a few mailback questions, and that's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 710 of Locked On Canadians. Thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online, for bringing you this episode. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. My name is Laura Sav, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, not as always, by my wonderful co host, Scott Batla, but by our wonderful, sometimes co host, uh, Ian Boimer of the Build. Ian, how are you doing today? And thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. I feel like this podcast's uncle. I just step in every <laughs> once in a while and, and help out. I'm doing well. It's always nice to, to talk to you. It's been too long. So, very excited it definitely to, has. to talk again. And what a night to talk. We are recording oh, yeah. this uh, almost immediately after the Montreal Canadiens game. The Habs have obviously beaten the Arizona Coyotes 6-2. The Coyotes are not, uh, you know, especially an auspicious team other than the fact that they managed to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and at the same time, though, you know, y- you don't want to focus on the competition as much as the fact that Uri Slavkovsky scored his first NHL goal, which is a huge moment. And it felt like the t- the game was a fun, you know, it was a barn burner kind of game with a lot of big moments for a lot of important Canadians players. Yeah, it was like, you know, on top of the Slavkovsky goal, I think a couple of things that, that really pointed to a couple of guys turning the page a little bit. One, Gallagher scored. And like, that's something he didn't do a whole lot last year. And I think it's him being rewarded for some really, really strong play to start the season. Um, He looks like he can skate. Like he looks like he can move in a way that we haven't seen in years. Um, But secondly, you know, another guy who I think had a really strong night and was a bounce or two away from having two goals was Jonathan Drury. He, he set up the first goal by, you know, making a play at the front of the net. He, I think he hit the post and then Josh Anderson just crashed the net and tucked it. And then he was given a breakaway and it, he just he couldn't lift the puck and, and the goalie made a save. So when, you know, all of the it was a points night for the Canadians, six, six goals on the night, um, although a couple of them were, were unassisted because of gaffes from the Coyotes. Um, but yeah, just just a really, really fun night at the Bell Center. It, it was loud on TV. I can only imagine what it felt like to be there. I really would have loved to be there because what happened was Slavkovsky, number one overall pick. Obviously, people have been waiting for this. He hasn't gotten a lot a lot of ice time. And to be fair, he didn't get all that much tonight. Uh, but he was able to score his first NHL goal. And he did it with attitude, uh, which I really, really love. And I think that the noise from the bell center, like you could literally hear it in my living room. And, you know, that, that would have been such a great night. To, to be there for I just I feel like this is one of those things where when a player's having a slump they talk about oh the monkey's off his back now when they finally score 
I don't think that he was having a slump by any means. Like he is having a major adjustment period. Like I feel like his play, like if I were to liken his trajectory in the regular season, it's kind of like when, um, I guess a, a foal is born. Like, is that what a baby horse is called? That's what it is. Yeah. And like, they can't walk a little bit and they're like very, very shaky on their legs. And then, you know, almost immediately they they're able to like walk and they're able to like be graceful and all of that. So I feel like we're in that awkward stage right now. Yeah. And one day it's going to be graceful. It's going to be seamless. It's going to, it's going to look less like crashing and banging and a little bit more like the skill that we saw him display at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that goal was was pretty special because he was he got hit. I don't remember if he got knocked down. He doesn't get knocked down a lot, but he got hit by Josh Brown. I, I think he took the number on the truck, um, got the puck back. He first of all got back in the play. It didn't let him, he didn't let that rattle him from getting into a situation where then he was able to steal the puck, um, and and beat Connor Ingram with a shot, um, and just. Like the, the memes going around right now of Slavkovsky just screaming in, in Josh Brown's face are fantastic. Like it's it's he was so fired up. The the one fear you have when a young player like that really gets fired up is is he gonna step over the line on his next shift and do something stupid? Like is he gonna take a run at some guy and put him into the third row? Um, which he didn't. He it 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 sort of stayed at that shift. I mean, that was the loudest I've heard the Bell Center since last last April. Um, with the the Guilafleur tribute so like that was that was really special it's always even though we're nearly certain he's going back to Laval in in just a few weeks um, he for, to get that goal I think means a lot to to not only him but I think it gives Canadians fans a little bit of confidence that he can be that guy that we think he's going to turn out to be I think so too. And I, I know that there are still a lot of question marks. I understand the fan base's hesitation. I keep going back to what Kent Hughes said, and I can't remember if it was on the radio or if it was in the Arpen Basu article um, on The Athletic, but he kept talking about how he didn't want a complete player now. He wanted a player that could be complete and elite in a few years' time. And he like, talked about how there's different aspects of his game. Like I, I liken them to building blocks. So I think that this is just one of those building blocks. But I do agree that it does seem like they're going to send him to Laval and kind of want him to be the, be dominant there, which is what you want, right? Like we talk a lot on this podcast about when they, when they want like a guy to go back to the queue or, or, or the OHL that you want to see them be dominant. You want to see their, like, you know, their sophomore year be dominant. And that's something that keeps like it, it, like I keep hearing it in my mind because at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. He's still a prospect for all intents and purposes. He might be playing in, in, in the NHL Jersey, but he's still, um, he's still, He's still ba- like it's hard to call him a baby because he's gigantic, yeah. but like he's still a baby, you know. And so I, I do see flashes of brilliance. I do see a lot of skill in him, but I also see like a lot of raw talent that needs to be sort of molded. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I like you were talking about the memes on Twitter about him yelling. Uh, and I feel like a really underrated part of that little video is is the guy behind him uh, yelling as well, yeah. <laughs> popping up his head and like, yeah. Talk about that guy behind him, and we're going to do that on the flip side in just one moment. But first, remember that betonline.net is your number one source for betting for football, the start of the new basketball season. You know, the NHL season is in full swing, all of that. You're going to find it at betonline.net. 
What else are you going to find? The latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. It is literally the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, you name it, they've got it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, where does our game start? I feel like our game starts. I think I think the game was already going well. And then it really, really picked up and started when Arbor Jack, I got into a fight with Zach Cassian. Yeah, and I think I think Cassian was he was obviously looking for someone to go. You watch back the, you know, how that fight sort of developed. He's whacking at, at Jack Eye from behind. He's whacking him. He's whacking me, cross checks him in the arm. And then Jack Eye turns around and looks at him and he kind of understands exactly what's going to happen. Um, I'm not a big proponent of fighting. It's, it's you know, a, a side of our game that I think, um, you know, is sort of going the way of the Dodo. Um, but in this instance, like, Cassian is instigating here and if you're Arbor Jacka you're either fighting him back or you're taking punches undefended which is just it's a it's a consequence of this sport right um that said I'm sitting on the couch watching it and I see who he's squaring up with and I go Arbor I don't know if that's a good idea that guy's and before I could even finish it he was ragdolling him like that it's just it's just like man strength like he's just massive and I wonder how long it's going to be before you know, the meatheads of the NHL realize that they cannot fight this guy because he like, I mean, he's lined up six members of the Ottawa senators and taken them all down. <laughs> and now he's taken on one of the bigger fighters left in this league and he's taken them down. So I, I, you know, the, the goon presence is sort of like an, uh, you know, I think it's overspoken a lot, but I think with a team full of young players, it is kind of nice to have a guy like Jack guy who can still play some pretty decent hockey also be able to defend his teammates or himself in that situation. Yeah. And, and I kind of agree with what you're saying. Like, I feel like fighting in the NHL is on its way out. Um, and I, I do think that there's a huge big difference between stage fights and, you know, that message sending that's like, you know, three games ago, you looked at me funny and now we yeah. have to square up and all of that. And the difference between somebody like Jack Eye, like, you know, like somebody's looking for it and then he teaches him a lesson. Like if he had taken a run at any of the other skilled players, I think Jack Eye would still have answered the bell. But mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, the way that he plays as well, it's like the thing that I find is that, you know, we're talking about fighters being on their way out, but there's a class of fighters that can also play. And I think for him, that's the big key is that he's not just large. He's not just a fighter. He's not just tough. He's not just like really good at riling up sense fans, which is my favorite part. Um, he is able to play. He has defensive skills. So to me, that is an absolute, it's a steal. We talk a lot about like he was found money all along. And even if they just wanted him for the fighting, like the fact that that skill came with it is found money. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's 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 found money in the sense that they they were able to turn him into any kind of NHL player for any stretch of time this season. With that said, I think, you know, once this blue line starts to get a little bit healthier, he's probably one of the first options to go back um, because like you look at the other young guys who are eligible to go back to Laval in Gooley and Harris. 
I mean, they were one and two in ice time in this game. Like, I don't know how you can have them playing 21 minutes in Montreal and then go, okay, back to Laval for you. I think those guys are kind of here to stick around and they'll, they'll move the rest of the defense around them. But, um, you know, Jacques, I will probably end up in Laval and will play a, an important role on a team that's hopefully playoff bound. Like that Laval roster has got too much talent on it to not make another run at the Calder Cup. Last year was a load of fun watching that team, um, you know, go in front of, of Caden Primo. So it's exciting to see that there are good players in Montreal like Jacques who are going to make their way back to Laval to help out with that in the long term. Right. And I do think that, you know, he is kind of an ideal Laval rocket player because the AHL does have a little bit of physicality to it and a little bit of a rough edge to it. And he fits right in. But he brings that 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 necessary defensive skill. And I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. And for me, you know, I'm willing to go. Like there's a lot of players in Laval I want to see. And if Jack Eye's there, like I'm buying more tickets to the yeah. to Place Bell. Uh, you know, it's exciting and it's all good. So like there's a couple more things. So we're not going to talk about any of the negatives today. Because Scott and I are going to do that in our 3 of 3 down on Monday. Uh, what we're going to talk about is like other fun stuff. So Brendan Gallagher, like you said, looks like a new man. Looks like a young player out there. It's taken him a couple of games to figure it out. He was being held with like, you know, popsicle sticks and, and, and sticky tape for the better part of last year and possibly even longer than that. Um, so he does. And, and I do feel that he does. I think I think. What the sense that I get from him is that he needs to justify his continued presence on the team because he does make a lot of money. He is being played on not the top six very often. And he, you know, he he's supposed to be a, a leader of this team, but other leaders have emerged and continue to emerge. So I do feel that he's kind of he's at this crossroads here where he, he's like he's got he doesn't have anything left to prove. Uh, other than the fact that he he's he's not on his way out. It, other than the fact that he's still a legitimate NHL player. Yeah, I think after last season, and especially seeing how Paul Byron and Gary Price and Shea Weber have seen their careers come to an end because of, you know, really tough injuries. I mean, there was a moment last season where you could probably think, like, is Gallagher headed in that direction too? He's He looked like a shadow of himself. We already kind of know his hands are, like, if not cooked, completely cooked because, he like, he's just they're, – they're all busted up. Like, and – he took a, He was in front of the net. He, he took another shot in this one. I think this one hit him in the lower body. Um, but, like, you really – you had to wonder, like, is he going the way that, that Paul Byron and Carey Price and Shea Weber went where he's just going to disappear and his contract is going to stay on the books and we can't have, like, a, a final goodbye for him? And Gallagher, you know, he's, he took the summer to get healthy. Um, that's what that really long offseason was good for this, this year. Um, and it's, it's paying off. Because I think that line with with uh, Dvorak and Dodonov ha has a real chance to um, not mimic the success of the line that Gallagher was on in previous years with Tatar and and uh, Deno, but like to be a pretty successful line. Two of them in in Dvorak and Dodonov are on penalty kills. Um, you know the, the, they're strong defensively. I think like offensively they have more, more room to grow as Dodonov figures things out. Um, but Gallagher is a really bright star to, or, you know, bright light to start this season. What I honestly last year wondered if, if we had seen the last of, of, you know, good Brendan Gallagher. And I think that the, he's still here to stay for a little bit longer. Which makes me happy because a lot of people are kind of grumbling about that contract and how much, how much salary cap room he takes. And so 
I like to see that he's contributing. So we're going to get into the mailbag very shortly, but I wanted to mention a couple more things. So give me one line about each of the players, one sentence about each of the players I'm about to mention. You already kind of touched on them, but Nick Suzuki. Um, I mean, he's just really putting it all together offensively. It's, it's really working for him. Cole Caulfield. I mean, he's going to score gifts if you give them to him. And that was the, that, that was the case in this one. He scored on a turnover and, I mean, you just can't give the puck to Cole Caulfield like that in that position. He's going to score nine out of ten times. Right. Or even like even in, in, in a difficult in hard mode, you can't give the puck to, no, to definitely to not. <laughs> uh, Caden Gooley. I'm just shocked. I'm just still shocked at how I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was this good, and I didn't realize he was this ready now. He's yeah. ready now. And that was that was that was me too. Is that like I, you know, to me he was the brightest light on this roster before the last draft. He was a top prospect that was left that hadn't made the team yet. I expected him to be the first person to make the team. I didn't expect him to be the first person to be playing this kind of minutes. Like that was that was yeah. the big one. Uh, Jordan Harris. I love his his vision in the offensive zone. Please use him on the power play. Like I'm very tired of not seeing him and seeing Chris Weidman on that power play. <laughs> right. And, and I, I, I get it, but again, I don't. Um, yeah. But I think it's one of those things where maybe, you know, Caden Gooley has proven himself to be a lot more ready for that kind of minutes, whereas like Jordan Harris are kind of like trying to ease him in because it's like it's going really well and they don't want to mess it up, right? Mm -hmm. that's, sure. that's the sense I get from that. Um, and then finally, uh, I, I want to mention again that the Toronto Maple Leafs lost to this Arizona Coyotes team. Shocking. I, I it was four nothing. And I, I looked at my wife and I said, I can't, I Toronto lost to this team. I have no idea how they pulled that off. As Pete Blackburn said, if there is the, a, an embarrassing path to a loss, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs will find it. <laughs> what we are going to find though, is on the other end of this, we are going to read a couple letters from, from listeners. And we're going to do some of our mailbag questions. If we run out of time for all of our mailbag questions, Scott's going to be able to jump back in on the fun next week. But I did want to give Ian some of the joy that I get to see all the time in the form of our emails and mailbag questions. And that's all coming up in just one moment. All right, Ian. I have all of the questions slash letters um, in my email, like Twitter account, all of that. And I wanted to read a couple of emails. Um, there's actually two that we got from one of our old friends, Norm. Um, and I like this really touched me. So last week we had an issue with like literally like tech issue, like nothing was wrong with us. Um, and we couldn't do our mailbag episode. And he sent us an email saying, missed you guys. That was a subject line. Hey, I missed you two this morning. I always wake up and listen to your podcast. I hope you're both well. And I saw that on Friday and it made my weekend. Um, and he says it is, I hope he doesn't mind saying, because it is a big milestone. It is his 70th birthday on Saturday. And he wants to celebrate his birthday, as many of us do, uh, by going to Montreal in November. And I think that's great. So he wants to buy a hockey ticket and he wanted to know uh, where he could go to buy the ticket. So I already answered his question last last time. I was like, get it on Ticketmaster because I don't trust anyone. I literally, I don't trust Marketplace. I don't trust, I don't trust Craigslist. I don't trust anything that other than Ticketmaster. And you can find deals if you, you know, with, if the situation calls for it, like if it's a boring opponent or if you think the Canadians are going to lose or something like that, you can get a really well-priced ticket. Um, and then... Uh, also, Norm wanted to tell us the story of how he became a Habs fan. 
He was about eight years old and he was in the schoolyard late one afternoon. And all of a sudden he found himself surrounded by kids twice his size. And they pushed him into a corner and they said that they were going to ask him a question. And if he answered wrong, they were going to beat him up. And he said, he got asked the question and the question was, who's your favorite hockey team, Montreal or Toronto? And he had never watched a hockey game in his life. And he answered Montreal Canadians and they said that that was correct. And they let him go. <laughs> and he's been a Habs fan for 62 years. And so, you know, Norm, like, we really appreciate you. This is not the first time you've written in. And every single time you've put a smile on our face. Uh, so happy 70th birthday. And I do hope you make it to Montreal and you and your wife have a lovely time here. Um, and I've got another question from uh, our friend Michael S. Uh, in Sweden. Uh, and uh, the question is, essentially, um, what are the... Okay. I, I got to say this, though. Uh, he's never had a chance to go to Montreal or Canada, even though he's been a fan since he was about 12 years old. So we're talking like, like at this point, almost 30 years. Um, and he wants to know what to do for uh, as a hockey fan coming to North America for the first time. Um, so one of the things that I will say is that um, if you're going to do this, do this next year and do it around this time, because October in Montreal is the most beautiful month in Montreal. Um, and there's hockey, obviously. And up front, they kind of load up some good teams that come visit us, right? Like it's sometimes it's Carolina, it's often Pittsburgh in October. There's a lot of like fun. You don't have to deal with the senators up until like, you know, like March or whenever. Um, so that's something I would do. Um, and if you honestly, if you if you are a hockey nerd, I would also if you're coming all the way to the side of the pond, I would go to Toronto and I would go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, the Habs also have a Hall of Fame. They also have an escape room in the Bell Center, which I didn't realize until that. I watched the game. Um, uh, and, um, you know, they've got they've got some fun stuff. You can do a tour of the arena and things like that. Um, but it will be too warm still for outdoor rinks because I think that the, that's a really cool thing that we have here is that all the outdoor rinks are just like, you know, you'll be walking by and a bunch of people just like, you know, be playing hockey and that I, I'm sure that happens in Toronto and, and, and all around it just it doesn't happen in October uh, but there's so many nice things around like it's a nice drive to Quebec City if you want to go even to Vermont across the border it is like the most beautiful time of year the weather is still nice enough that you can get away with a, with like a light coat um, and so you're not like trudging in the snow or anything so I would say definitely try to make it in um in october because you know at some point the canadians are going to start going back to the playoffs and spring is also a good time to come but why wait do it soon and do it next year do it around this time of the year so we've got a little bit of time uh for some twitter questions and uh i'm going to go into that in a second and because i've been blabbing so much i am going to allow ian the opportunity to answer some of these questions. Um, and if you, we don't get to your question today, uh, don't worry, because we will have some time next week to do them. So our very good friend, Emily, wants us... So Emily sent us a tweet by Habs Chronicle um, and says that she wants us to debate the best moment of the game so far. So this is a poll on, on the Habs Chronicle Twitter account, so you should go there and check it out and answer the poll. Uh, best moment of the game so far. Jackai Rex Cassian, Slavkovsky first goal, or Suzuki penalty shot. So the the, I think I think and they happened in that order. I think the Jackai fight was great. I think the Suzuki goal was Datsukian. It was it was fantastic, but only one of those got a standing ovation, and that was Yuri Slavkovsky scoring. 
Um, that place was loud on TV. You could barely hear Michel Lacroix announce the, the goal. It was, I mean, all of those other things are neat. They'll happen again. That that was his first goal. He, you only get one of those. It was a pretty nice goal, too. It was a good shot. Um, but like that, if if he pans out to be the player that, you know, the Canadians sure hope he and think he's going to be, like that's the moment you're going to think about, you know, moving forward. You remember, I mean, I'm not saying he's Sidney Crosby, but you remember, you know, his hit that goal he scored in Montreal. I think it was in a shootout where he, you know, popped the bottle off the the top. <laughs> uh, Welcome to the Crosby Show, Canada. I think is what, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Gord Gord Miller said that. Um, I I do think that the the first goal was just awesome. It was such a cool moment. Yeah, and and it like it's a cool moment for any player, but the fact that it happened that way, where it was like a satisfying, you know, it was a good yeah. play. And it was a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, it didn't um, like hit him in the butt and go in. That would have been brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a lot of um, requests to rank the reverse retro jerseys, and I cannot deprive Scott of the yeah. of, of the opportunity to talk Agreed. about them. But I will ask one reverse retro jersey question, mm-hmm. and that is, and again, this comes from Emily again. If you were in charge of designing a reverse retro, what would you like to see on them? It could be an original design of your creation or simply bring back a previous one. Personally, I know a lot of people dislike them, but I'd love to see another edition of the barber pole. I'm very pro barber pole. It's my favorite Canadians uniform, so <laughs> I'm very I'm in favor of that. I think the one thing I'd really love to see for a jersey design is copying what um, sort of the NBA has done and what the what Major League Baseball has done, where they have sort of these city connect uniforms. Um, my favorite baseball team is the Washington Nationals, and they're you know, that area of the country is known for cherry blossoms and the Washington Nationals have a cherry blossom themed jersey. It's covered in in flower petals and um, very nice, like cherry blossom designs, you know, stuff that isn't just about the team and, you know, the history of the uniform, but reflects the city. I think that's why I like Montreal's reverse retro so much is not because it's, you know, you know, it's about the expos or anything, but it's a it's it's in, it's doing its best to try to tackle Montreal as a topic. Um, yeah. You know, like. The Boston Red Sox, their their City Connect uniform is blue and yellow because those are the colors that Boston's associated with. Um, that sort of thing would be really, really fun to see. So I will quickly touch on the Expos thing because that's that's a that's a reverse retro that I've wanted to see for a long time. So I was yeah. very excited to see it. I know there's like not been like super uh, like not a lot of critique. Like it looks like like the jerseys are selling out really quickly. It, it yeah. you know has fans seem happy. Like the nostalgia aspect is there. So I do think it's a successful idea. I just worry that they would beat it to death. So I do like your City Connect idea, and I think for Montreal it would be cigarette butts and poutine. <laughs> no, it'd be orange. Everyone would be a traffic cone. Right? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I think Josh Anderson's eyes would look good in an, in an orange, orange jersey. <laughs> um, I got yelled at for, for talking about his looks, but like I have to do it. It, it is no. a bit. It's Let a it rip. Bit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so this is like basically our Twitter questions. Um, but I did kind of want to touch on Mike Hoffman because you brought him up before recording. So this was a, a question that we missed because I was away. Um, and it's from our friends at the Blazing Pucks who congratulate Scott on, on his predictions tonight. Um, he, he literally predicted three things and they happened. And we'll get back to that in one second. Uh, but the, but the mailbag question is, with the amount of preseason games Hoffman has played, is it likely that Ken Hughes is giving or gave him a chance to play himself out of going on waivers? So 
I was thinking about why he's so consistently in the lineup and it reminded me of this question because originally I was like, oh, we have to dismiss this question because the preseason's over. But now it's like, why is he playing all the time? Yeah. I think the hope is that you're you're going to play him so much that he plays himself out of whatever funk he's in. Or, if, you know, you're... Because you're, the Canadians... I, look, Mike Hoffman is not part of this team's long-term plans. I don't think I'm breaking any news there. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know... You they don't to, say. No, really. I just... It's, <laughs> you know, the last boat anchor of a contract that the last guy signed, they have, want nothing to do with. But, like... The goal needs to be to move him without having to attach another asset to him or eat another bad contract in return. And the only way that happens is if Mike Hoffman is able to put together a successful campaign and play himself out of this terrible reputation that he's gotten. Um, He's doing himself no favors with the way he's playing. Tonight, he wasn't brutal. No one on this team was. They were kind of just running up the score. Um, I thought he made some decent moves with the puck. Um, but like, it's just, it's just really hard for him to do that when he's a, he's a sniper, he's supposed to be scoring goals and he's playing fourth line minutes and he's playing second wave on the power, on a power play that cannot score its way out of a wet paper bag. Like he's, he's in tough. I don't, I talked about it on the last episode of the build. I, I just, with every passing game, I see it harder and harder for him to recoup any sort of value in, you know, who he is as a hockey player. Like it's really, really tough because like every game, it doesn't really seem like anything changes. It's just a different, it's a different score sheet. It's a different day. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I just, I know, I know we talk about him too much on this podcast and I know it's going to keep going until we see exactly like you said, like they don't have to give up an asset to get rid of him or they don't have to eat a bad contract. Um, I want to also shout out our friend, Robert Rice, um, who sent us a mailbag question last week and it was really fun, but I, you know, I had to postpone a bunch of them because just we kept running out of time because we get so many questions now, which we love you, all of you for. Um, Through a confusing and amusing series of hijinks, you're the bell center DJ for a night. What do you do with this power? Um, well, I, I probably have to play my new favorite band cheek face a whole ton. Uh, they're, they're very fun. I like them a lot. Um, other than that, like, I mean, you're probably mixing in a Rick roll every once in a while just to keep people on their toes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think mostly it would just be meme based. I don't think I would have too, too much that would be, um, musically centered. I I would agree with you. I, I do as much trolling of the opponents as I possibly can. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty much, uh, what we're going to be able to talk about on, um, on today's mailbag episode. I'm, I'm looking for Scott's predictions because I want to read them out. And Scott has had quite a night on Twitter, um, because he, like, he's literally gone viral with all of his tweets. All he's done is meme this entire night. Yeah, oh my Scoot's God. He's killing it. He's doing great. He, yeah. He's got all kinds of predictions. So he said that Gallagher would score. He said that Jack I would fight. And he said that Slavkovsky would finally get his first NHL point. And he is three for three on this. Um, So, yeah. So I am just so excited for the Habs right now. And I know it's going to be a long season. 
I know, but it's, it's good to have fun early in the season. It's good when they have these games, like, you know, you can't teach them to tank. They are NHL players and NHL coaches. You can't say go and lose games. You hope that they get a high draft pick, but you also hope that they learn things and, and, and become better at what they do. And, and so far I'm seeing that from, you know, Gouli, uh, Harris, Slavkovsky, slowly, um, you know, Kokabild and Nick Suzuki, what, what more is there to say? And then, you know, guys like, uh, even guys like Arbor Jacki, like it just, it's a, it, it's an exciting time to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. Like who says that rebuilds have to be bad? Rebuilds can be fun and exciting and enjoyable. The losses are going to come. Enjoy these while you can. It's, 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 <laughs> exactly. you know, that I, I said it before the game, beating the Coyotes does not change the fact that this roster is not very good. They beat a right. team that was also not very good. The losses will come. It, it's okay to enjoy these moments and, and still be, aiming for that really high draft pick next year. And it's all part of a rebuild, also known as a build, which is your podcast. So Ian, please tell everybody before we go where they can find your work. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Twitter. It's on the screen at maybe it's Ian. Um, the build is available wherever you find podcasts. Episode 27 launched this week. Um, you won't get one next week cause I'll be on vacation. So terrible time for a plug, but um, <laughs> go listen to the back catalog. It's i uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. For those unfamiliar, I'm trying to, you know, uh, catalog what the Canadians uh, building a Stanley Cup winner looks like. Once they finally build a team that wins a Stanley Cup, the show's over. I'll do uh, a final show. We'll play closing time and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> I, I really like it. The one thing that I like about it is, you know, you're talking about chronicling uh, a path to a Stanley Cup contender or a Stanley Cup winner. But you talk, you react to news in real time, like week by week, but then you also sort of bring it into the context of a greater build, which I think you do so well. So if you're a Canadians fan at all, or if you care, if you're a hockey nerd about rebuilding teams, um, I think that, you know, check out the build, like Ian said, subscribe to the build. Uh, and I want to thank Ian for coming on and pinch hitting for Scott. Um, and, you know, we we're really grateful to you because you are part of our family and we just like, you know, we, we just really love having you on. It's always an enjoyable conversation. Likewise. It's always a blast. You guys have um, been very supportive of, of me um, throughout everything that I've tried to do in this, in this space. So um, the, the admiration is, is mutual. Thank you very much for um, everything you guys have done. Of course. And again, thank you for being here. And if you, all of you want to listen to this podcast or subscribe to this podcast, you'll find us wherever you get your podcasts you'll also find us on youtube where you can see the designer bags under my eyes this week but hopefully they'll be gone uh by next week you can find my co-host scott matla at scott matla on twitter you'll find me at the active stick the, the podcast is at lo underscore canadians and you can send us mailback questions at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com please also you can you know you can comment on our youtube but as always if you're mean to anybody if you're disrespectful if you're a jerk We'll just delete your comment and forget you exist. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week.